WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. I'm in a big minority, but I don't think San Jose helped themselves all that much by acquiring Eric Carlson. Just like I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs helped themselves all that much by signing John Tavares. The Sharks don't need Carlson. They already got Brent Burns. The Leafs don't need Tavares. They were already good enough at center with Matthews and Kadri. What the Leafs need is defense. Their number one pair is still Morgan Riley and the good brother, Ron Hainsey. You're not collecting hockey cards. You're building a team. A team has never had two defensemen who just chased the puck like Burns and Carlson. It's the new way of playing defense if you got the skills like they do. But no team's ever had two. One yes, two no. How is that going to affect San Jose's system? Meantime up front, they're still relying on that dinosaur, Joe Thornton. Perhaps they could have dealt more wisely. Perhaps they could have filled a hole. Same goes for Toronto. You should get what you need, not what you want. Don't titillate. Don't pander to your fans. Make your team stronger. Fill the holes. San Jose didn't do that by getting Carlson. They just got more of the same. Jose's going nowhere, I'll tell you no lies, oh. Fairies Wear Boots brought to you by 84 Lumber, showing you the right way to build since 1956. A lot of people are saying Ottawa should have got more for Eric Carlson. But the guys in the last year of his deal, and I'm just about positive he won't sign with San Jose before free agency uh, next July 1. So I'm not sure what Ottawa was supposed to get. Uh, Ottawa's a cursed franchise right now, though. One goal away in overtime from the Stanley Cup final two years ago. You remember, Chris Kunitz scored to knock out the Sens in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. And then the Senators mortgaged the future to get Duchesne last year, and now he's all they got. Pajot just snapped his Achilles. He's out four to six months. I heard he did it sliding into second base. It never rains but it pours. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Here's a couple interesting things. Uh, Antonio Brown did a brief interview today. I think he's talking about Ben, but as you'll hear, I'm not sure what the frig he says. Antonio Brown after practice today on 105.9. I don't know why you guys seem to doubt him. He's an exceptionalism as well. He's not an ordinary guy. I know you guys write ordinary stories, but when you write, a good, write about that guy, you got to write exceptionalism. But as far as his practice, He's an exceptionalism. He, he's not ordinary. He's an exceptionalism. He's not ordinary. Okay, first off, no one's dotting back. AB's making an issue where there is none. You saw he got a shot at the media, write ordinary stories. As opposed to the ordinary game you had at Cleveland Junior when you got the ordinary tie against a less-than-ordinary team? Why is the frig up, you idiot? And what the frig does exceptionalism mean? 
Is it a verb? A noun? He used it like a noun. Ben's exceptionalism. What an idiot. That guy's a great receiver. He's an idiot. If he keeps up that level of stupidity, he'll be playing right field for the Pirates. Okay, Lev Bell allegedly spoke to Maurice Jones-Drew. They share the same agent. Maurice Jones-Drew works for the NFL Network, so I guess that's believable. And here's something Jones-Drew said that Bell said that actually make a lot of sense from Bell's point of view. Jones-Drew said, and I quote, Bell was happy for James Conner after that performance, but that performance justifies why he's not there right now. If you're going to give James Conner 31 carries, imagine how many you'd give to Le'Veon Bell, unquote. There you go. Bell is avoiding excessive contact with a major payday looming. And he's right. If you're going to give Conner 31 carries, Bell might have got 40. Uh, Continue quote from Jones Drew. He said, quote, Bell said to me, people think that I don't like Pittsburgh. I don't like James Conner. I don't like those guys. He was like, yes, I was disappointed they went out and spoke about my contract. Understandably so. He was like, but I still want them to do well. There's still guys that I work with and guys that I put in the extra work with, blood, sweat, and tears, like I still want them to do well, unquote. And by the way, Bell saying there's still guys I work with means he'll be there at some point. But when you look at all those carries that Connor got, the backup, he gets 31 carries, I don't blame Bell. Or at the very least, I get why he's doing what he's doing doing 412-333-9939 let's go to nick nick you're on with double m hey mark i called and talked to you yesterday about how you don't necessarily need an elite back to win a super bowl and then you posed the question today about uh if the offense is better or worse without bell i think that's a hard question to answer but i think what's important is the fact that there's not much of a drop-off so what's the point of well, I don't think that you, I don't think you could put absolutes on a situation like that. The Seahawks won a Super Bowl recently with Marshawn Lynch, who was decidedly an elite back. It depends on the situation. It depends on the composition of the entire roster. You can absolutely not speak in definites about this. I definitely would agree with Marshawn Lynch. However, I I said necessity to win a Super Bowl. Marshawn Lynch. First, first off, let me let me back you up. Let me back you up. Nobody remembers that you called yesterday. No one kept track of what you said yesterday. So don't act like well, you're no, guest. Goodbye. I'm sick of you. Goodbye. I hate it when callers act like they're repeat guests and they're a part of the show. You're props. You're not important. I don't want you to ever call again. You can't put a definite on that. I mean, some teams do win a Super Bowl with an elite running back. Some don't. The Seahawks won with Lynch. Should have won twice with Lynch except for Pete Carroll mismanaging the end of that game against New England. Meanwhile, last year, the Eagles and Patriots both had running back cut by committee. There are no definites. It's what you assemble on your team and whether it works or not. That's the problem with Fantasy League, and I bet you're wondering where I'm going with this. But everybody wants to quantify every single thing that happens with numbers, and that's not how it works. It's about roster assembly. It's about luck. That's a factor. And there are no definites. I'm very definite when I say there are no definites. 
Let's go to Santo in Bloomfield. Santo, you're on with Double M. Everybody's talking. Yep, goodbye. Let's go to Dan in McKeesport. Dan, you're on with Double M. Dan, are you there? I'm here, buddy. Sorry. What's up? I was wondering what you think about James Conner fumbled the ball. No one's talking about that. I think that lost the game for us. Actually, we talked about it uh, for um, the first couple hours of the show Monday. Anything else? Okay. That's it. Sorry about that. Yep, thanks. No problem. Listen more than 15 minutes a week. Let's go to Jeremy on 79 North, heading this way. Good Friday afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good Friday afternoon to you. Hey, um, I'm super excited about Penn season getting underway soon. Uh, Dominic Simone, if, if he's going to be in the top 12 over Daniel Sprong at the beginning of the season, is it better if they just trade Daniel Sprong? You, you know, that's a legitimate question only because Sprong can't be sent to the minors. He has to pass through waivers. Right. So it's all about Sprong getting a spot in the top nine or being in the press box. You wouldn't want to dress him as a fourth liner. And because of that, I think Sprong might open the season in the top nine, even if not all responsible for making that decision or convinced it's a good idea. You feel me? I do. I do. I feel you, brother. And based on Sprong playing with Sid today, it wouldn't shock me if Sprong opened the season on Sid's line. And I think the Penguins would be well advised to do that, even if it's not a perfect fit right away, because I think you need to find out more of what you got or don't with Daniel Sprong. Yeah, I agree. And and to me, I mean, who am I? But to me, I don't see a fit for Dominic Simone in this lineup with the players that they have right now. He, he should be the guy in the press box. In yeah, the but you heard what I said, or, or on the third or fourth line. Uh, you heard what I said. Good players on this team and the coaching staff are big fans of Daniel Sprong. Excuse me, Dominic right. Simone. Right. Yep. Time will tell. It always does. Although, to be honest, players and coaches are always fans of all-around players more so than one-trick ponies. And right now, you can make the argument that Daniel Sprung is a one-trick pony, that that's that uh, being a goal scorer. Let's go to Mark and Irwin. Mark, you're on hey, with Double Mark. M. Mark, I understood what you just said uh, regarding you understand how why leave Le'Veon Bell staying out. Connor carried the ball 31 times, um, and that's he'd, he'd have gotten more carries. But I have a question for you. If... Let's say James Conner does well this week and next week, puts up Le'Veon-like numbers. Does there come a point where Le'Veon feels like he has to come back because it might negatively impact his value? No. You don't think No. Le'Veon Bell is going to come back on the schedule, uh, whether it's after eight games or after ten games, I'm not sure. But he he will not be back before then based on how Conner is playing. Conner playing well will not scare him at all. Le'Veon Bell, why can't people thank you for the call? Why can't people understand this? Le'Veon Bell's checked out. He's moved on. He doesn't care how the Steelers do. He's going to come in when he has to, punch the clock, play as well as he can, carry the ball as much as he's told to, and then he's going to leave. But he is not invested. And since he's not invested, he's not going to worry about Connor doing well. How would Connor doing well diminish Bell's value? How does it make Bell look bad? It doesn't. Bell has a preconceived plan. He's going to stick to it, and he's going to get paid. And what he said to Maurice Jones-Drew was right. If Connor got 31 carries, 
How many would Bell get? Tomlin runs the backs till the wheels fall off. He's not going to look out for Bell. So how could anybody possibly blame Bell for looking out for himself? And I've been saying that all along. 412-333-9939. We got Kenny, Ron, and David on hold. We'll get to them in just a second. I'm live at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9. That's Oli Mata of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.90X. I chatted with Oli today, not about hockey. We talked about the English Premier League and about Aston Villa in the AAA League, who still suck, but Oli's a fan. A lot of calls. We're live at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. Let's get to the phones. Rick on the road. Rick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how are you? What up? Hey, now, does Le'Veon Bell owe the Steelers to play any playoff games? What, what are you talking about? Let's say that, that things go as according to plan. If he, if he signs his, his tender, which he will, he signed to play for the team the rest of the season. He can't opt out of playoff games. Thanks for calling. What a stupid freaking time this is. We have to explain the same crap to the same dopes over and over again. Here's the Steeler injury list, by the way. Uh, ben, Artie Burns, McDonald, and Cam Hayward are all questionable. And as we know, questionable means they're very likely to play. Uh, Hayden, DeCastro, and Alu-Alu are all doubtful. wonder why Burns is questionable. I bet he threw his helmet against the ground and bounced up and hit him in the head. Let's go to Grant on 79 North. Grant, you're on with these super genius. Um, if you're the Sharks coach, what, what do you consider? Do you consider playing Carlson and Burns together, split no. them? Or They're obviously not going to play together. Would you play Burns on the wing? No, he used to play wing, but there's no point in playing him on the wing, and he wouldn't play wing. You put them on separate defense tandems, and that's my point, that you don't need both guys. Who's going to run the power play? That's, that's what I was wondering, too. And you Carlson's know. better at running the power play, and you could put Burns in the shooting position down on the flank, but if you right, do that, you might piss off the guy you have signed to a long-term deal for the sake of the guy you only have signed through, the, through one season. And I was wondering about that, the, the two egos to, to really have you know, two of what the top five defensemen in the league on the same team. I don't know if that's going to work. And and they both have huge egos. It would be one thing if they were different style defensemen, but they play exactly the same way. They play that weird new way of following the puck around, which I think you could have one defenseman do that and not disrupt your system, but to have two, it will disrupt San Jose's system. I, I don't think that makes their team better. And I think they will regret having done it, especially when they could have gone out and gotten some forward help. They still got Jumbo right. Joe playing a key role at 97 years old. Uh, I just I just didn't like the move. Thank you for the call. I just did not like the move. You, you know what happened? They cleared all kinds of cap space to try and sign Tavares. Couldn't do it. And the money burned a hole in their pocket, and they made that trade. For a guy who won't play at San Jose Pass next season, well, unless they sign him out of free agency once he gets there next July 1st. Let's go to Daryl in the car. Daryl, you're on with the Super Genius. Hey, what's up, Mr. Madden? Hi. So, question is, I don't know if 
is even plausible where the Steelers or Bell come to an agreement where he's only on the field for you know twenty to twenty five. Yeah, they, there's no you you can't contractually agree to that. Thank you for the call. What you think that you think and plus there's no negotiating now. God, you explain the same stuff over and over again. What a stupid time this is. You people listen, but you ever really listen? Lev Bell comes in for the franchise tag or doesn't come in. There's no negotiating beyond that. They could add money onto the tag if they wanted to, but they're not going to want to, and there's no such thing as a contract limiting the carries. You can give him a bonus for more carries over a certain amount, I suppose, if he wasn't franchise tagged, which he is. Let's go to Kenny in Monroeville. Kenny, you're on with Double M. That's a tough act to follow. Um, I, I think the Eric Carlson trade is, you know, you, you have this culture of fantasy hockey, and you've talked about it extensively. It, it's co- it's collecting back. hockey cards. That's what I call it. I the was, San Jose Sharks are collecting hockey cards. I, I was I was just going to say that. I I mean, you got to build you got to build a team, obviously. To win the Stanley Cup, there are parts. I mean, you look at what Washington last year. You had, you got to have like a Smith Pelly. You got to have you got to have those players who come through in well, different you know, moments. You don't you don't necessarily have to have the grit type fourth liner. I mean, Smith Pelly got lucky. He'll never have a run like that again. But full credit to him, he had that run at the right time, and it helped lead his team to a Stanley Cup. You just need a good fit. And Carlson's not a good fit in San Jose. He's more of the same. They didn't need him. The Maple Leafs didn't need Tavares. Each team needed something else. And instead, they bolstered a position where they didn't need to. It's that simple. Now, that's not to say that neither team is going to have a good season. But I think they are no closer to winning now than they were before they made those deals. Let's go to Ron and Moon Township. Ron, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, this is Ron. I'm in Scott Township. Oh, um, that's great. What do you want? Hey, I was wondering uh, about the Steelers quarterback situation. you think they regret getting rid of Andrew Jones? And is, is he still out there that they could get him? Uh, he, he is still back? out there. There's no way to tell if they regret it until they play Dobbs and he stinks or does well. Until Dobbs plays and either produces or doesn't, there is no evaluating that move. Let's go to Carrie. Carrie on the south side. Carrie, what's up? Hey, Mark. Uh, question about uh, a lot of the, the young talents that the Penguins have had in recent years. The guy I'm thinking about right now is strong. I feel like they have a tendency to really keep those guys in the minors when maybe they'd benefit from just, it's a long season, bring them up here, get them some games. Is that the same everywhere and we're just tuned into it more? Well, well strong, strong is going to be with the team because he can't be sent down. He'd have to pass through waivers and obviously somebody would claim him. But the Penguins have an established team that's contending for a Stanley Cup, and if they feel an established veteran can can help more in that regard as opposed to trying to develop someone, they will pursue right now every time, and I cannot blame them for it. Let's go to Jack on 79. Jack, you're on with Mark. What's going on, Mark? Hi, Jack. Just a quick, I just was uh, bringing this up. I know you talk about how uh, Mike Tomlin runs his running backs to the ground, which is true. He gives Le'Veon Bell 40 touches. you think that coming up in the next couple of years, when James Conner's contract runs out, he may learn something from Le'Veon Bell and be like, I'm getting the same amount of touches as him. I, I don't think, want to be I think James Conner is going to be a backup the minute Le'Veon Bell shows up and plays for the Steelers. I think at best he'll split the load next year. 
I don't think Lev Bell's situation will ever be reflected by James Connors, not even for one second. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Jack. I mean, James Connors, not even 60% of what Le'Veon Bell is. Not even 60%. No matter how much we here in Pittsburgh like Mike to imagine he is, he is not. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show. I'm live at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. And right now, here is who is in the Penguins made practice rink. Me and Lou from the station and a goalie and somebody tutoring him on the ice. It is one of the finest audiences of, of my career. And I just want to thank whoever made this opportunity possible. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.9 The X. Didn't see Muzz today. He was in the morning group. Catch him maybe on Sunday. 412-333-9939. I was talking about the Leafs signing Tavares, which happened, of course, weeks ago. Hold on. Something's caught on my microphone. and I can't see it. Hold on. There it is. Okay. Uh, and, of course, the Sharks just traded for, Tavar- for uh, Carlson yesterday. Rusty tweets, doesn't it seem like Toronto and San Jose should have swapped their respective moves? Carlson to Leafs and Tavares to the Sharks. Uh, would have would have filled holes on each team and provided a better chance to win. I agree, Rusty. One thing, though, the Leafs and Senators hate each other. That's a real rivalry. So I don't think uh, Ottawa would have traded Carlson to the Leafs. But, yeah, Carlson would help Toronto more than Tavares. Tavares would help San Jose more than Carlson. 412-333-9939. We played the uh, A-B sound where he was just absolutely incoherent. Let's play that again. Here's A.B. talking about Ben. This is just hilarious. A.B. talking about Ben after practice today. I don't know why you guys seem to doubt him. He's an exceptionalism as well. He's not an ordinary guy. I know you guys write ordinary stories, but when you write, again, write about that guy, you got to write exceptionalism. But as far as his practice, He's an exceptionalism. He, he's not ordinary. He's an exceptionalism. He's not ordinary. He's an exceptionalism. Okay? No idea what that means. I think what you're trying to say, you illiterate moron, is Ben is exceptional. That's actual English, and people understand actual English. But A.B. was also complaining about that article that uh, Jesse Washington wrote on The Undefeated, saying, write about the good stuff I do instead of talking to my ex-girlfriends. Well, your ex-girlfriends are part of it, too. Irresponsibility toward your children is part of it, too. You being a dink, showing up five hours late, letting kids die in a children's hospital, that's part of it too. You don't get to pick what picture's painted of you. And if it's unfair, well, you put the unpleasantness out there and you reap what you sow. But actually it is fair because there's almost no evidence whatsoever, none whatsoever, that A.B.'s a good guy. And I can tell you this for sure. There's no evidence that Antonio Brown's a good guy that hasn't been perpetrated in front of a camera and for the camera. I'll tell you what, like I said, it took Antonio Brown for me to like Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was an egomaniac. He wasn't a piece of crap like Antonio Brown. Heinz Ward cared about his brand. He cared more about winning. Antonio Brown's all about his brand. He and I have one thing in common. We don't care if the Steelers win. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. If you'd like to retort, if you're one of Antonio Brown's fans, dial 412-333-9939. I saw Potash today. 
Potash was honked off because I said on yesterday's show that he sold his hometown of San Diego down the river and moved his fandom with the Chargers to Los Angeles. And today, Potash is out here. Oh, I'm from L.A. originally, blah, 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 blah. Potash said he wouldn't support the Chargers after they moved to L.A., and now he is. Now he is. There's your Dan Potash. There's your AT&T Sportsnet Penguin interviewer. He sold out. He sold out. He sold out. We know what Potash is all about. 412-333-9939. We were talking earlier about, um, oh, and if you're just tuning in, Ben did practice. He's listed as questionable. But Ponce and A.B. said he's going to play. Perhaps it has to do with him being an exceptionalism. Uh, ben will find a way if he can play. If he's even 66%, Ben will find a way. But if he can't, then what? What if he's 50%, then what? What if he starts out bad, then what? What if he gets hit early, then what? This game on Sunday against Kansas City means an awful lot. The Steelers don't want to go to 0-1-1. It's a very trepidatious situation. Now, we talked about the Penguins the first day of camp. Five things to look at. Uh, To recap briefly, it's a centers league, and the Penguins have the best centers in hockey. That's number one. Number two is Murray and Latang will play back up to their pre-established elite levels this year. Number three is Kessel won't get as many points as last year's 92, but he might approach 40 goals if he plays with Geno most of the year. Number four, the Penguins will come out on fire uh, after winning Cups in 16 and 17. This past offseason must have seemed like it lasted forever. The fatigue is gone and the challenge is fresh. And number five, if you're looking for a camp surprise, look at Juso Ricola on defense. He won't crack the top six, but the Penguins do really like it. So those are five things to look at with camp starting today. A lot of other topics, though. I'm curious to see what Jake Gensel does. Because he only had 22 goals in the regular season. That's still decent production. I think kind of a sophomore jinxy thing came into play there. And there was a bit of fatigue. But then Gensel had 10 goals in 12 playoff games. And he just ripped Philadelphia apart. Which will make you a legend in this town. I'm curious to see what Zach Aston Reese does. uh, After that broken jaw. And also what kind of opportunity he gets. Uh, He was skating with Malkin and Kessel today. For me, he'd play on the third line with Broussard and Rust. By the way, I know Brian Rust can play left wing. That doesn't mean he should. I far prefer Rust at right wing, and my depth chart would be assembled with an eye toward keeping Rust on the right wing. I hope Mike Sullivan is done with the notion of using Sid, Malk, and Kessel on separate lines. That hasn't worked more than it has worked. Let's go to Randy and Elizabeth. Randy. You're on with Double A. Hey, Mark. Hi, Randy. Hey, how you doing? Great. Pretty good. How are you, sir? Good. What do you want? Uh, I'm just calling to make comments about uh, AB. You know, I don't, I don't know why that guy just doesn't shut up. I mean, he's, like you said, he's not coherent. He found himself a new word, apparently. Exceptionalism. That's exceptionalism. Yeah, yeah, that one. You know, you know, he can say whatever he wants, but. Uh... This notion that the media has to do what he says, and he really believes that. You know, he got a hold of that Jesse Washington and asked him to not write the story. And he didn't think Jesse Washington should have wrote the story. Let me tell you, Antonio Brown will disappear from this game, and after a while, people won't remember him anymore. 
Okay, and they should thank God every day, the players should, for the media, because without the media, sports just aren't as big a deal and aren't as big a money proposition. One more thing. I'm glad he did say, you know, Ben's exceptional, um, because without Ben, he would not be where he's at. Well, yeah, but but AB's done a lot to make Ben, too. Let's be, be real. And he said Ben's an exceptionalism. That doesn't really mean anything, but he said Ben's an exceptionalism. Let's go to Frank in Castle Shannon. Frank, look like he's about hey. to walk the plank. What's up, Double M? Yeah, Frank walked the plank. How are you, sir? What's up, man? Hey, two quick uh, questions for you. Since we're talking QB, yeah, QBs, I'm going to throw a pit guy in here under the bus, if I may. I mean, can there be any more sensationalism? How about that one? Um, I think A.B. got his words mixed up. Ben, ben is suck, sensationalism. What uh, are you talking uh, about? Make a point. Uh, my point is, I mean, do you think Ben is going to uh, do any good with the Chiefs game approaching? I mean, that's going to be a I real I think test. it depends on his elbow. If he's 75% okay. or less, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I see. Okay. Uh, you're but, you're but, super but, genius. But they, but they have to play him. You have to start him. If he can play it all, you have to start him. And if he just can't go physically, I guess you have to make a move to, to Dobbs. But, uh, you know, I want Ben to play. I want him to be healthy. I will be very intrigued if they have to go to Dobbs because right then and there, if Dobbs has to go in and the game's still up for grabs, you will know if they made the right decision with Landry Jones or not. And in a 16-game season, with the Steelers walking a fine line toward making the playoffs, winning the division, getting a bye, getting home field with that line so fine, if Dobbs comes in and doesn't do well and can't win the game, then they made the wrong decision with Landry Jones. They could find out right away. Let's go to Mark in Holidaysburg. Mark, you're on with Double M. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I think it's the same old uh, narrative for 15 years with Ben. He is a drama queen. He plays up his injuries. He's going to swoop in Sunday be a hero. I think it's an absolute farce. Same story as always. Well, now if he swoops in Sunday, now if he swoops in Sunday and he's a hero, why does it matter what happened beforehand? He's maddening. He drives me crazy. So he's what? I don't hurt, care. He's never as hurt. Let, as let me tell you what. I don't care, and I can guarantee you he doesn't. So what's your point? I'm, I'm sure he does. That's my point. He's a bitch. Let Thank me tell you. No, you're a bitch, and if you were here, I'd treat you like a bitch. And let me just say further: if you think Ben is more maddening the way Antonio Brown acts. You're an idiot. Please. If Ben comes out Sunday and plays great, what do you care what he said and did beforehand? What's it to you? And why should I care what you think? Because I know he doesn't care what you think. What a time this is. The guy wins this, this time two Super Bowls, and you always find fault. You worship the Steelers. You yank it and crank it because of the Super Bowls, and all you do is find fault with the guy who brought them to you. Meanwhile, A.B., will be delivering pizzas before he delivers you a Super Bowl. And he'll eventually have to. He'll run out of money. And yet you cut him a million excuses, but you won't give credit to the guy who won the two Super Bowls. It's not a good sports time. It's a front-running bitch time. Not to be critical. 412-333-9939. Up next, we'll talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You're like, what the hell? Hey, Mark. Hey, what? Super genius, big fan. It's Ringling Brothers time. Da, 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 da. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, live from the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. 
Bob, uh, how do you feel about Ben playing? How do you feel about the reports from practice, which were not favorable regarding how he was able to throw the ball? And what kind of leeway would you give him before you turn to Dosh Jobs on Sunday against Kansas City? Uh, well, I did feel good um, seeing that he practiced today until you said that he was throwing things like wounded ducks. So, um, Well, I, I wasn't there, Bob, but that's the report I got. Right. And, and you know what? I still have confidence in Ben being able to go and to do well on Sunday against Kansas City. So um, I'm going to be thumbs up on this one. And if he does get in there, I think Wolf explained it perfectly, like the three different versions of the elbow injury, the donk, the twinge, and the tweak, right? No, and the it, doink, the twinge, and the tweak. Oh, the doink. I, I, believe, I believe in ascending order, doink is least severe. Right. Uh, tweak is second most severe, and twinge is severe. Right. I, I, that's what, how I understood it also. And if he just does have a doink, um, then I expect to Ben to play through that on Sunday. And if he can't, um, it's going to be up to him to pull himself or to be honest with the trainers, to be honest with Doc Bradley and say, look, I just can't throw it deeper. Well, I can't throw I don't it. think it'll be a matter of him pulling himself, Bob. I think that his arm will avail itself. I think he can either throw or he can't. And I said earlier, I'm a big Ben believer, and I think he'll find a way Sunday. But the one thing a quarterback has tough time playing around is a bad arm. No, absolutely. And I was just going to finish that with saying he has to let that be known early. Um, and whether it's the coaches who see it or, you know, the you know GM or whomever with the Steelers see that he's just not getting it done. When Dobbs gets in there, this might be the perfect secondary to go in there against to get uh, his first start in a true. Yes, I, I said that earlier. If you could pick a team for him to play against for his competitive NFL debut, it might be Kansas City which has a bad defense, even more so with Eric Berry out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look what they did. Look at the um, Chargers did against him. And remember, they dropped all sorts of balls, Mark. They had almost 450 yards in the air against the Chiefs. So, uh, Bear, I, I mean, Josh Dobbs does have a strong arm. And as you saw in the Tennessee Titans game, he can put it where it needs to be. Um, it might be the perfect elixir for him to step in and get his toes wet uh, in his first NFL start. That said, let's hope Ben can play long oh, and sure. well. Sure. And, and the Steeler defense is going to have to do well too, Bob. And that's no easy task against Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt. And, and with Pat Mahomes having so many options uh, to work with in this, his first year starting in the NFL. Uh, because for a quarterback to play around a bum arm, he's going to have to play it kind of close to the vest. And the defense has to do well to help him manage the game. No, absolutely, and some you know with this injury report coming out today, Mark, with Hayward being questionable, with Burns being questionable, um, with you know Hayden being doubtful, uh, that puts a lot of pressure on this defense to get to Mahomes. And also, as Wolf talked about, you can't just send one or two guys to cover Tariq Hill when he gets the ball. It has to be everybody flowing that way so that when he does cut back or when they do try and box him in, they've got somebody there. As soon as he makes the cut, he gets away from one or two people. There has to be numbers there to bring him down because he's going to run away from everybody if he's one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, but Bob, the weird thing, the scary thing about Tyreek Hill is he doesn't have to beat one or two guys. just needs to beat one. Yeah, the, well, the minute he gets that open field, everybody's chasing him. Yeah, and if you spy on him, or if you you know, rep, you set your defense just to stop him, they've also got you know a tight end tra a Travis Kelsey. They've got a weapon there, and they've got Hunt in the backfield. So they've got weapons. Um, and we all talk shootout. I just think the Steelers 
you know, win this one. Bob, real quick, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, who uh, has a connection to Lev Bell because they share an agent, even though, you know, Jones-Drew works in the hated media now. Yeah. He said that if James Conner got 31 carries at Cleveland, how many would Lev Bell have gotten? And in one day, uh, the workload given James Conner proves that Le'Veon Bell is right to stay out. I got to tell you, that's a very convincing argument, and it's tough to argue against. It's a good argument if you're that player. If you're anybody else on that team or if you're a fan of the team, it sucks. You know what I mean? It's You want to be on the team. You want to be a member of the team. I hate that a player is foregoing any success he could have right now and any you know chance at a Super Bowl right now only because they're looking at the future. He's going to get paid either way. Uh, Bob, he, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you here, and I've, I've been in Le'Veon Bell's corner throughout this, even though I don't like the guy and I think he is a horse's ass. But don't blame Lev Bell. Blame the franchise tag. Blame what keeps a free agent from being free. Blame the franchise tag for putting him on one year. Because when you're on one year, you have to protect yourself, especially when it wasn't your option to be on one year. Well, I can, you know, you can go a step farther back from that, Mark, and say blame the, you know, Lev Bell because I thought the Steelers made a fair offer to him with the seventy million over five years, and you know they're not going to cut him. He's going to be on the roster for at least three of those years. That's forty-five to forty-seven million dollars from what was reported. He had asked for fifteen million. The Steelers moved twice on that number. Well, yeah, Bob, that, he that's never a, did. That's, a, that's an old debate and a different debate. And I'm on record as saying I would I would be in plan right now. And I would uh, have taken that five-year, $70 million offer. But when, when Maurice Jones-Drew makes that argument, I understand. I, I really, really do. Bob, what's your call for the game on Sunday? Uh, I, I would have picked the Steelers for sure if Ben were throwing the ball a bit better today. I'm still leaning toward the Steelers, but I definitely think Kansas City is going to cover the plus four. Oh, I do too. I, I, I'm going to say, like, what, 35 35- 35-33. Let's, let's put it That's at that. That's a lot of points. i got to tell you, if it gets to 35-33, I like Kansas City. Don't, how many points do you think it'll be? What do you think that it's? I think it'll be 3-2. No. I, I, <laughs> I, I, Bob, you know what? With Ben <laughs> hampered, I have no feel for this game all of a sudden. Mark, if it's 3-2, you can have all my money and bet as you will for the rest of the season. Oh, don't say that. That'll be just your luck. It'll be 3-3 after overtime. <laughs> you know, one thing I want to touch on, too, and people, like, just kind of smirk when I say this and I get, you know, crappy tweets about it. I hearken back to last year when they won five games by three or less. You can't win all those games by that close. It just, it just doesn't work out that way. Uh, luck figures in sooner or later. Stuff like that balances out. No, you're right, and especially with all the injuries here. I mean, so much that you think you know about this team or that you're set or expecting them to do with the injuries on offense, with Ben's elbow, with the injuries on defense, all of a sudden all of that is out the window. Um, You saw the game last night, you know, Bengals and Ravens. Who would have expected that to happen? It's it's insanity right now in the NFL. Uh, The last thing I would want to do is to be a professional gambler. That's Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to make fun of Gregory Polanco, 105.90X.